Hello and welcome to It's Not That Simple, a podcast about cars and looking into a bit more detail, taking my perspective from within the industry. I've been an automotive engineer for the past eight years, primarily as an engineer, but getting a lot of exposure to other parts of the business and uh, how things work within a large automotive manufacturer. The aim of this podcast and the website is to look into topical issues or questions or areas that maybe are underrepresented, under, underrepresented or oversimplified uh, by automotive press as well as the mainstream press. Today is the first episode of the podcast so trying something out here so to start with let's talk about the geneva motor show that just uh, happened last week motor shows have been on a bit of a decline i remember when the british motor show used to happen each year but now goodwood has become and the festival of speed has become the de facto British Motor Show, but yeah, even at Goodwood you can see that um, the cars that come each year are more or less the same. People like to see certain cars, but if you want people to come back each year, you've got to come up with something new. And what's really new these days, especially as the whole industry is getting pushed more and more to, dare I say it, less characterful electric cars and automatic transmissions which somewhat remove you from the driving experience. Geneva is a good example of this. It's been on the decline, in my opinion. There have been fewer and fewer things that have been particularly groundbreaking at the show. Um, it alternates now as the European motor show between Geneva and Frankfurt or Paris. Um, it Not every manufacturer is willing to turn up this year. For example, Ford didn't show anything. The American manufacturers choosing to represent themselves at the uh, NAIAS in um, Detroit in January each year and later on at their own in per private events. Whereas the European manufacturers come out in force to show their wares at uh, Geneva. This year's show was an interesting one for me because you had on one side the the mainstream B cars, the Peugeot 208 and the Renault Clio coming out. Very traditional cars. I mean, they've got new things. They've got big, nearly 10-inch screens, touch screens. You've got all the powertrains that you expect from a new car these days, battery electric, hybrid, traditional engines, maybe less of a focus on diesel, but they're still there for the moment because it still represents a, a worthy choice if you have an engine that can meet the emissions requirements of today. But that's on one side of it. There were no major announcements on C cars. I watched live the live stream of the VW press conference, which I found interesting because they led with the Passat, 
which to me was an interesting move. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most inspiring car, but it's an important release for them. It starts to pick up off some of the design features you see in the Touareg um, that they just launched. And then they followed that up with the ID buggy, which obviously has captured people's imaginations and I think is aimed at exciting people about what an electric vehicle can be. It doesn't have to be a Nissan Leaf, no great disrespect to Nissan, but it's not the most exciting of cars. It is a great entry point, which is why it's one of the best-selling EVs, or has been up till now. And then they followed that up with a T-Roc R, which small SUV, right? That's on point, that's on trend. The R, hopefully, I guess, to build some excitement around the nameplate. But having those three cars up there, the Passat, the ID Buggy, and the T-Roc R, it was an interesting choice. On the other side, Mercedes doubled down on AI and electrification, showing lots of new models, all with electric variants. Um, and that sent, that direction has been backed up with their announcements with BMW, um, partnering on autonomous driving technology. And I mean, it's one of the interesting areas at the moment of seeing who partners with whom um, with Ford and VW tying up on certain aspects at the moment with BMW Daimler with Honda and GM on the cruise uh, the GM cruise investment people are starting to pair off or group up to try and standardize their autonomous solutions because it's a high investment area for I mean potentially low return if cars are effectively bought in fleets by cities and major areas or companies like Uber are not actually personally owned and looking at the trends of electric vehicles they don't get serviced nearly as much and their service life is probably a bit longer than a traditional internal combustion engine so the the cycle of new purchases is likely to extend so it's that's an interesting one to see how that plays out because you know automotive companies have to become managers of their own destiny to a certain degree but will it be the management of their own demise in some cases especially the smaller companies um, that remains to be seen so you have the smaller companies and then you have the, well, not the smaller companies, the smaller cars um, being shown. You had electric cars, the city cars. So the Honda e-prototype, I think, yes, it's a toned down version of their urban EV concept. But let's be honest, how much do you think those concepts are going to be, you know, the same when they get to production? But a valiant effort on Honda's part, in my view, um, it, it's pretty similar in the ways that really matter and make a difference to the user experience. I mean, those wheels would have been cool, but try cleaning them. What happens if one of them, how susceptible is that going to be to a buckle when you hit a pothole on British roads? I wouldn't want to replace one of them. So the proposed design 
a more practical version of the urban EV concept. And on the other side, you had Fiat with the Centoventi concept, uh, clearly the new panda, um, given the abundance of stuffed pandas on the interior. A very interesting concept. Now, I'm not enthused by Fiat's products typically, but for me, that was the pick of the show. It was interesting. It showed a, showed a vision, showed a vision connected to the regular people because, and that will segue into the sort of last section of the Geneva breakdown, it it shows a simple, efficient way of delivering electrification to the masses. And that's the real challenge. The Honda e-prototype, it still remains to see how much it's going to be. The Tesla Model 3, not at the show, but relevant to this discussion, by presenting itself now at close to... £35,000, £26,000, £28,000, whatever the price is, it's starting to dominate in Europe, even against traditional powertrains, because it's finally the arrival of an affordable, I say affordable, it's still a lot of money, but an affordable electric vehicle with sizable range. You look at number two, number three, the Kia e-Niro and the Hyundai Kona Electric. Again, a good range, and a reasonable price. Now, unless the Honda comes in below that, I know it's got all the design features and the appeal of iPhone sort of styling, but you've got to ask the question, 120 miles of range, so it's purely city. BMW and the i3 have already started climbing past that number, um, but yeah, it was born out of being a city car. What happens now with the when you go up against the Hyundai Kia um, siblings and the the Tesla Model Three with two hundred miles plus, which is a genuine use every day car? Um, it better be cheaper. That's all I can say. Um, I can't see you charging thirty thirty five thousand pounds for a car that you can't use unless you live within the M twenty five. We'll see. Now to jump on to the last section. The last section for me, I mean, it happens at every motor show. You get the extreme. Somebody wants to show off. They've got the biggest, most expensive, shiniest thing there. Bugatti went claimed the spoils with the Bugatti Voiture Noire selling for double-digit millions. But... Can you really get excited about a one-off that looks like a Chiron, but a lot more expensive? Not for me. Then you have what I see as a potential for the future that we might see a lot of, and that is the return of the, the coach builder, let's say. So for those who don't know what I mean, back in the day you had... A lot of manufacturers who, I mean, like Pininfarina, effectively somebody else is building the car and you, um, you, all you have to do is make the body look okay and um, you have manufacturers doing that. I mean, nameplates that people have heard of 
gear from the Ford days. They were a coach builder back in the day, but they used the name as a sort of luxury offshoot. Um, Bertone, who did the Stratos, right? They they designed bodies. Pininfarina, they designed the bodies. They designed. They were chiefly designers, but without the Ferrari to go underneath it, it wouldn't be a car. Now with electric vehicles, it's. I'm not going to simplify this. It is complicated to do an electric car, but it's nowhere near as complicated as the level of engineering and calibration work that needs to go into an internal combustion engine to make it work. Um, I mean, just have a look in any toy store. It's not that hard to make an electric vehicle. Um, so it now opens up the world to the coach builder. So Pininfarina, again, this great example because that's what they used to do. That's what they're trying to do now with the Batista. 1900 horsepower electric car. Again, the bottom bit. I mean, if Tesla want to put more motors in, it could. they could make a 1900 horsepower Tesla. If they put a bigger battery in, it'll go further. I mean, it's very simple maths. But they make it look like a Pininfarina, which means it looks like a Ferrari, to my eye. But they're going to charge a few million for it and see who buys it. And there will be people who buy it because that door was opened with the Veyron to just upping it, one-upping yourself in becoming more and more expensive. The, the Peak Automotive, son of Ferdinand Peak, um, again, these big promises, um, new battery technology, charge in four minutes um, with their yet undisclosed battery technology, a car that looks again very like an Aston Martin uh, more than a passing resemblance let's see where that goes but again it just shows you don't need a large automotive manufacturer as you do to design and build large scale engines at a good price but these cars don't need to meet those prices they're aiming to build 10 15 a year or one if you're Bugatti and just sell it for a lot of millions. Um, and so that's why I think Geneva was interesting this year, because you had the mainstream at the other end, the 208s, the Clios. But you also had the Batista, you had the the Bugatti and the like. The one thing I will be very interested to see moving forwards is the new Koenigsegg, named after his father, um, the Jesko or the Jesko, I don't know. Um, but when people have started to say, could it make 300 miles an hour, something from Koenigsegg, I would believe it. Out of Pininfarina, not so sure. I was, I'm always reminded of the fact that while Pininfarina has this history with Ferrari, they also built the Volvo V, I want to say V70 or V40, um, and the Focus, the Ford Focus Cabriolet, which was notoriously poor build quality. So they've got great history, but in more recent times it's been poor. Let's hope at a higher price point they can achieve a lot more because variety is the spice of life. I don't think it affects most normal people because one, you have nowhere to use it, You two, you have nowhere to keep it, and three, you definitely can't afford the prices they want for it. 
Um, but coming back to it, things like the Honda e-prototype and the Fiat Centaventi concept, those are the things I think will be interesting moving forward to see exactly what everybody has to offer. Moving on in the days since Geneva, the Tesla Model 3's early success will be very, very interesting. Um, I think it's hitting a sweet spot, and if the volumes come up as they expect to, um, I think Tesla might actually turn a full year of profit, um, which will be a huge turnaround. Um, so we'll 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 see where everything goes, but um, definitely interesting times. It was an interesting Geneva, and the next few months, the next year or so, is going to be very interesting. In fact, what I think we'll cover in the next podcast is looking into what is starting to come out, and that is the annual reports from the major manufacturers to see how just how they're doing. Um, there's a lot of nuance there in terms of how they report their finances and how it's all broken down. Um, but I will endeavor to break it down for you. Thanks for listening to the It's Not That Simple podcast with me, Edward Grant. If you want to read more, go to itsnotthatsimple.co.uk or follow us on INTSU underscore uk on twitter that's it from me i hope to talk to you very soon thanks